Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. There are thousands of amazing self-help books out there, but what happens when you're struggling at the moment and need help now? Well, my new book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook, is your new go-to self-help book. I wrote it specifically for when you don't know how to overcome a challenge. Each chapter gives you a framework on how to tackle your situation. I help you focus on what already works for you. Your situation today may be different, but the emotions you're currently feeling, you felt them before, and you did something that helped you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. This book is specifically written to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Purchase your book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. Once again, purchase Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. My guest today is Phil Cachinal, a renowned celebrity trainer with an empowering fitness philosophy based on accountability, education, and dedication. Phil's success has made him a favorite among Hollywood's elite, and he now offers personal training in Atlanta and online coaching, providing nutrition and exercise consultation worldwide. In today's episode, Phil teaches you how to develop your unique healthy lifestyle. Welcome to Lifeology. Hey, thanks for having me, James. I appreciate it. This will be an exciting show. Yeah, I've done multiple shows today, so I have so much energy. So I'm looking forward to you being the last show of the day. And we can talk all about the different education when it comes to when it comes to nutrition and fitness. Now, before we get started about that, how did you get into the nutrition and fitness world? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's kind of like a life calling that I kept trying to evade uh, and it came back to me. So uh, quick, quick uh, backstory. Basically, I had leukemia from three till eight. So I was the I was the little cancer kid. And I didn't get to play sports and I'm, I'm from Montreal. So Canadian, not playing hockey by five. What kind of Canadian is that? Um, and, but you know, I was, I was going through chemo radiation and then my whole family were super healthy. But after I beat my diagnosis, uh, my father had cancer and passed away. And then my brother ended up getting testicular cancer, all three completely different. So my whole family now, my, my mom, both my sisters, my brother who did survive, and myself, my father, unfortunately, passed away when I was 11. But basically, our whole family set out and are basically fitness freaks. We all came into how can we be the healthiest, happiest, best versions of ourselves? And then when we've mastered that, or at least gotten pretty good at it, how can we share that with others? So pretty much my whole life, I kept doing different school and business school and trying other jobs, but nothing made me as happy as training. And mm-hmm. so I've been doing it for 17 years. And I've had a few little, you know, I worked three weeks in a real job after my MBA. I quit. I was miserable. I went right back into it. So it was the job that my, my life basically shaped me into for better or worse. Wow. Yeah, that, that's amazing. I'm glad your whole family continues to do that. Now, you said a word there that I think is a really powerful word. So we all have different ideas of what words mean. So you talked about living an optimal lifestyle. So there's a difference between optimal and then there's a difference between realistic. How do you and your family, or specifically you with your philosophy, how do you teach your, your clients how to really distinguish between optimal and realistic? Yeah, well, I think that's amazing. Um, specifically, kind of like in the zeitgeist of today's culture and so much out there. 
there's, there's this optimal everything mentality and people are trying to optimize, optimize, optimize. And that applies to like the 1% of people who have, frankly, the time and money. Yeah. And this is going to be a little bit of a strong word, but like the selfishness, I would argue to do that. Like I'm aware scientifically of many things that I could do to optimize my life, but I am married and I have four kids and I have three businesses and I'm never going to put those things to optimize my life over the happiness and balance of my family. So realistic to me is, can you do this thing and get the health benefit for your heart, for your lungs, for your muscles, maybe a little extra to pad the ego because mental health is important. You want to look good. You want to feel good. I'm okay with all that. But if it's taken two, three, four hours a day to optimize yourself, true as it may be, and that's two, three, four hours away from your kids who are never going to be young again, from your career, you're wondering, why is my job not going well? You're not focusing on it. Why your marriage is falling apart. So I try and instill in my, in my clients, my tagline is I'll help you achieve a happier and healthier life. I'm not trying to achieve the optimal, like I'm not training Olympians. And that's cool if you want that. And I respect that. But I think to answer your question, realistic is how can you be the best version of yourself in an efficient way? For me, that means in an hour a day dedicated to fitness, what's the best workout? An hour, seven days sure. a week, you can make time for that. Eating clean most of the day, my lifestyle still has, yeah, you can have a cocktail or a drink here and there. You can have chocolate here and there. You can be a normal person and live not just a long life, but enjoy it, not be miserable the whole time. So that's, that's to me, yeah. realistic is fitting in and enjoying it. Yes. You know, that kind of really coincides and is synergistic with lifeology because I teach whatever you do within a certain period of time, how does it affect the next event you're supposed to do? So if I'm doing working mm -hmm. out for an hour or I do an hour and a half, how does that now affect the next thing I'm supposed to do? Does it impact it? So it's learning how to create maybe the jigsaw puzzles of your day and fitting it all together so that every event you do is the healthiest version of that. So sometimes we forget that and we uh, put one thing over another and then pretty soon, as you said, your life is falling apart. So as I said, it's very yeah. synergistic with what I, I teach as well. Now, your version of, of healthy and my version of healthy may be slightly different. So we all have an idea. We see all those Instagram models that look great. Uh, we don't know what goes on behind the scene or the airbrushing that happens. <laughs> but some of them actually, are, that's really what they do. And that's great. And that's their life. They do that for a living. So how do you really define what healthy means per person and per lifestyle? I think that's a great question. Um, and I've kind of been on two sides of that coin. So my background, I started weightlifting when I was 14, shortly after my father passed away. And then my big brother started weightlifting. And it, it's kind of one of those, I didn't think about it, but it's kind of one of those natural phenomena in terms of like, mm -hmm. oh, now here's the masculine figure I'm looking to. I'm going to be strong like my big brother. And my dad was a weightlifter and runner. and was a very healthy guy. Mm -hmm. I already, wow. he died of lung cancer, having never smoked or had a drop of alcohol in his life. Just a freak wow. thing. Um, so I was like, I want to weightlift and Arnold Schwarzenegger and pumping iron and all the bodybuilders. And that's what I thought was healthy. Right. And then I'm not going to knock on personal choice, but mm -hmm. coming to learn, they're all taking peptides and hormones and steroids and all these things. And, and so I followed the bodybuilding route for a while and I moved to Hollywood and I was training Hollywood celebrities and bikini figure and bodybuilding people. Mm -hmm. And it was fun and I loved it, but I very quickly realized, oh, this is not, at least for me. This is not healthy physically as someone who's already had cancer. I don't want to go down a route that's putting more yeah. chemicals and things in my body. Sure. And also, I was already married. I wanted to have you know my family, my kids. I want to be here for a long time and also be healthy. So healthy, I do think it's – there's some objective measures in that, like your blood work, your cholesterol, your lipids, your, your hormones, your mental state. There's a certain definition of 
you don't have a, a disease, your BMI or, or, you know, body fat and muscle are in check. There's some objective measures, but outside of that, I do think it's kind of subjective. For me, it means that you're physically and mentally healthy and that you're actually enjoying being present in this journey called life. I know so many people with eight packs and shredded big muscles, and they are some of the most depressed and anxious people I know. Mm -hmm. And the reason I find that funny is because I do agree that exercise helps with mental health, but there's so many bodybuilder communities that kind of push the dysmorphia token too much. Like they're, they're basically like, well, I'm, I'm seeing this from the outside. Well, some of the most depressed and anxious people I know treat exercise like an addiction to make up for the sadness they feel. So it's also not going to fix the problems that are maybe existent because of relationship or other health issues. So mm -hmm. I think that's a loaded question, but I think at the end of the day, the way I perceive success is, is success and is health synergistic with lifeology? Like you said, it, is it creating a balanced life? Is it something where you feel challenged, but not like it's crushing and grueling? Do you feel like you're growing and not being stretched apart, but stretched in good ways? Do you feel happy? And you feel like this is something you can keep doing. If you feel like you want to give up every day, that's probably not healthy. If you feel like you're pushing sure. yourself so hard, you could not sustain this, or you would never want your wife or kids or friends to do this. That's probably yeah. also not healthy. So I don't know. I think that's a great question to and reevaluate it often throughout your own life and your own goals. Yeah. And, and to piggyback of what you're saying as well, it, it, I think it is important because if we have, as you said, every goal we have should be attainable. If it's not attainable, we're continually setting ourselves up to fail. And if that happens and all of a sudden our desire to actually want to change, that starts to decrease or our energy becomes depleted. Because if I know I really can't achieve this and I keep putting myself and saying, well, I should, or I should, or every year I should do this. That just makes me feel worse and less than. And so it's really important to make sure your goals are a stretch, but they're also attainable. But the next question I want to ask you this as well is everyone, you kind of said when you were younger, you had uh, different um, heroes or different uh, role models that you wanted. For everybody who has a different, once again, different lifestyle, how do they pick a healthy role model that for them would make sense for them as opposed to someone who is an elite athlete of some sort? Yeah, I, funny enough, so I wrote a, a book, which is, I mean, still, still relevant. I wrote it to be timeless. So it's called Just Your Type, The Ultimate Guide to Eating and Training for Your Body Type. And essentially my pitch with that book was how can you become your own personal trainer and your own nutritionist? Like what's going to work for your body, not your friends or your mom or your brother, sister, your lover, your role model. And one of the comparisons in there was, let's say you're like a five foot one Latina woman or a six foot seven football player guy. And the guy wants to look like Tom Cruise and the woman wants to look like Gwyneth Paltrow. Like if you're picking role models or people that are totally different shapes and sizes and and just physiologically different structures and then you compare yourself to something that you just simply yeah. could never be that's a is it not only physically possible but b mentally you're going to feel like you're never enough that you're never measuring up yeah so for me role models and really picking like influences in your life is it comes down to like kind of like you just said with attainable goals like mm -hmm. who's somebody that i not only enjoy their physical aesthetic but who they are as a person, the way they approach things, yeah. the way they treat That's other right. people. Like that. And that, at least for me, like with my kids, I'm, I'm always thinking, okay, well, who they want? We're going to go see Billie Eilish. And I'm like, ah, you know, I could say things to, to the pro or con, but I appreciate that she's really creating new music, that she's super talented. I know I'm going to win some dad points bringing my two teenage daughters there. <laughs> Do I have frank conversations with them about maybe not agreeing with all of her messaging or all of her shit? But I think 
role models can be something big. Mine have certainly changed over time from Arnold Schwarzenegger and all the bodybuilders and Ronnie Coleman, who I think are still awesome and cool, but I see now how that, what that leads to later in life. I'm like, no, 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 I don't want that. Not to knock from them, but there's always a sacrifice. And if you give everything to one thing, other things will suffer, um, be that your family, your body, your career. So for me, at least my take on role models is who's somebody who, when they get to the end of their life or close to it, they have as few regrets as possible and that they were, they kept their integrity to their self and didn't sell out to their own values. So um, I think you can have, you can have people that you think you admire their body, but you don't want to be them as a person or you admire their skill set. I mean, there's tons of people, wow, that's amazing. But also I would never have the work capacity to be you. So yeah. I'm not going to yeah. try to. So yeah, you're, you're asking amazing questions, but I think it's important <laughs> to ask these deep questions because so many people, uh, so many conversations are too surface. I think it's important to look deep into who and what we admire. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. I was, cause I was, I was, I, I'm obviously very passionate about health and wellness as well. Um, so I think it is important to ask these questions because sometimes, as you said, the superficiality of things, it's, we don't really take that time to really reflect on that. Now, you know, another thing as well is your teenage daughters and when they, and your wife, different age, age groups, different ideas of what they want. How do you help them or just people in general, how do you help them realize that my age group here, my, my, my quote metabolism, my everything else is, is makes sense. But as I get 10, 15, 20 years older, how do you help them kind of up or upshift or change their perspective of what is quote healthy or viable for them? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So my 12 year old daughter right now is had randomly has taken hugely. Like I've been working out since they were all born. This is my job. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in the past, two months, she's gotten really into wanting to come to the gym with me. And so it's adorable. So we'll go and we'll go work out at the gym together two, three days a week. And she's doing squats and deadlifts and chin-ups. I love it. And so when my kids are little, my focus is on getting them to exercise without feeling like, A, that it's stressful or work or they have to do it. Um, and B, not giving them a complex or body dysmorphia. So all my kids, we used to rock climb. We rock climb two, three times a week for years. And then when they would go to gym class, they'd be like, oh, wow, I'm the only kid that can do pull-ups. I'm like, well, yeah, because you've been exercising, mm. you've been rock climbing yeah. for three years. So um, for some reason or another, our family, it could be because I didn't do team sports being the cancer kid. I was never playing team sports as a teenager. So we're not like a soccer or baseball family, but my kids all skateboard and they rock climb and they go to the gym. And so trying to keep them active in different ways. And then as somebody progresses, you know, closer to adulthood, getting, getting a regiment, nothing helps a teenager more than structure. So like my 16 year old daughter, let's get to the gym or let's go jogging. Especially when somebody starts their career, like all the college kids, sometimes people finish college and they're just like, what do I do now? So I have a lot of people like 25 to 30 and I'm thinking, all right, you have a stressful job. You're probably trying to date, trying to get married. It's important you don't lose your physical health and self, and maybe they're drinking too much, going on dates from all the apps, whatever they're doing. So I kind of treat it in phases. Like when you're young, you got to stay active. It doesn't matter what it is. As you start to, you know, be in your 20s and 30s, getting structure is super, super important. So like I go to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or I do X, I do Y. Because if you don't program it in, you're at the peak of your busy life. It's going to be taken away from you. And if you invest in your 20s and 30s, your 40s, 50s, and beyond are smooth sailing. You're just maintaining. You don't have to make up for lost ground. All of my clients who we start in 40s, 50s, or beyond, it's not that it's not doable. It's absolutely doable, but the focus becomes on how do we get you functional again? How are we getting push-ups and squats and full range of motion? 
how are we getting you with no lower back and knee pain? So I think that definition of health does uh, objectively stay. How can you be a functional, happy person getting through your day in a good mindset and without body pain and feeling like you can do life without hurting? I think that's a healthy life. Now, the stronger you are, like I have a 67-year-old guy who I was just training this morning. He could deadlift over 200 pounds. Three years ago, he had pancreatic cancer, and he's a whole new man. And we've been going super hard, so anything can be possible. He was not a weightlifter before. Um, I have a woman who's lost 100 pounds, who's my online client on the internet. She's no longer diabetic, no cholesterol medicine. She started in her 50s. So anything's possible, but these people are super dedicated. So it does take like, it takes that desire to, I want to change my life. Uh, And it does change. It changes by decade. It changes by individual need by if you have injuries or illness or operation. But I do think it's achievable for anybody if they're willing to put in the work. Yeah, I recently did an article with New York Times and they're talking about um, gym gym intimidation. And so it's specifically about people who've never been Mm, to the gym before. And in that it's like, well, what, how do we, what do we do? And so how do you help people who maybe don't have a history of going to the gym, you know, getting away from that perception of you have to look a certain way before you go to the gym. That's like having a a housekeeper who comes and you clean the house before (laughs) and then they come and they clean the house. So how do you help them realize that kind of get away from that gym intimidation? Yeah. So funny enough, when we had booked this podcast, um, what I'm about to say hadn't even existed yet, but I actually just came out with an app uh, specifically for beginner weight trainers. And it's called S1 Health and Wellness. And the whole premise is my business partner is a woman who is, she's kept off over 50 pounds of weight loss over the last five years, totally transformed her life and went from like a mom of multiple kids who had addiction issues and was obese. And now she's super healthy, uh, a health and fitness influencer. She's fully sober many years now and basically became this this role model for many people. Mm. And her thing was, I would have done it five years earlier, but I was afraid to go in the gym. I felt judged. I felt worried. I felt like people were looking at me. So her and I partnered up and her whole following is basically women 40 plus who are scared of the gym and they know they have to do it. So we've taken all the guesswork out. So even things as simple as like, in our how-to of how to do a barbell back squat, we don't just show them how to do a barbell back squat. We show them how to set up the rack and how to get the barbell out of the Oh, I like that. Or we talk about the psychology of everybody in the gym is thinking about themselves. They're not looking Mm -hmm. at you. They're not caring. And so we talk about the psychology. We talk about the apps. But letting people know that, statistically speaking, no one in the gym is looking at you from a survey of that. And then also realizing that, that we say all the time, the heaviest weight you'll lift at the gym is the front door. Once you open that front mm, door, once you get in, you can do anything. So we've tried to make the app front loaded with like, you can study the exercises, you can you can familiarize yourself with the equipment with like a friendly looking guy and this woman, Jesse, who people know, rather than just like some huge gym bro. Like people, if they just yeah. see me like this, they're like, oh no. But I'm like, I joke, my, my tagline is I'm the outsides of a grizzly bear and the insides of an anime girl. So we try to make it approachable <laughs> because home fitness is great, but you will yeah. get better results in a gym than at home. That's a fact. So helping yeah. people get, get their confidence is, is what it's all about. Yes. And I, I think, you know, as you said, the more confidence you have, the more, the more selfies you'll take. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, think, yeah. Because really at the gym, I mean, most people are really on the phone taking selfies. Yeah, they're I don't not looking, me, they um, don't even know. They don't even know you're there. Yeah, exactly. But, but I will say this though, when I, when I do go, I, I have a beautiful gym here in my, in my building, but um, when I go to commercial gyms, 
and I'm there for a while and I see people who may have a different aesthetic than me or maybe just starting out. I always am very proud of them. And I don't say anything because I'm not going to randomly talk to a stranger. But, but at times, if I see them there for a while, I will say, you know, what? I've really seen you've done a, a fantastic job. Keep it up. And I, I think, though, that many people don't realize that there are a lot of people who will see you go there and will watch your progress. And so they may not say anything, but yeah. we're all in this fitness journey together. And so we're in maybe together. a reframe of that, some gym intimidation is a lot of people will see you and will be excited and encourage you to continue to go even That's if they don't true. say anything at all. There's a woman who just went viral on TikTok just to add to that millions of views and she was really having a bad day and she has a few you know issues with her health and she felt really sad that basically the work is not showing on her body of how hard she's going and this guy who's mm. a pro bodybuilder who's known on the internet for being a really positive nice person um, he came up to her and he just you know unprompted out of the blue he said hey I just wanted to let you know I've seen you coming here four or five days a week. He's like, for what, a year, two years? He's like, I just want to say I'm proud of you and you're killing it. And it just like, it, it couldn't wow. have made her day more. And it's from like a bona fide, legitimate fitness celebrity. She's like, for yeah. my worst stage for the rest of my life, I'll remember like that guy noticed me. And even if other people say bad things, like it's, it's nice to know. And, and props to that guy for saying what I'm sure other people thought too. So you're sure. right. Like if anyone says anything, it's probably going to be positive, if anything at all. Yes. And those who are rude are probably, probably not. Well, we'll keep them aside, but we yeah. don't have to worry about her, that. Her people, uh, so <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I have one more question for you. So when it comes to really redefining one's health and really creating a lifestyle, there'll be times when I'm physically, I have one day I have more energy and other days I don't have energy. How do you help them kind of offset that? So they'll be able to still be healthy, whatever version mm-hmm. that is for whatever their body's allowed to do that day. Yeah. So my my biggest thing is to not miss days unless you have to. Your mom is dying of cancer. Your dog has to go to the emergency vet. All those things are real. But like, I hate the expression phone it in because it implies that it's better to have done nothing, right? There are days where 100% is 100%. But there are days where 50% is 100% if that's all you have, right? So I'll tell my clients, like, look, if you only have 20 minutes today or people call me, hey, I'm running late, should I come in? There's always a reason to be running late and you'll miss a day and then two days and then three weeks and then five months, right? I think James Clear in Atomic Habits, he calls them like um, standardized before you optimize, or like placeholder days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might have four good. workouts That's in a week and maybe, maybe one of them's amazing, two of them are subpar and one of them's terrible. But over the course of the year, if you add up, five terrible or 10 terrible workouts, that's probably equal to three awesome workouts, right? So I'll tell my clients, like, if you show up and you give whatever your capacity is, even if it's 20% that day, or even if it's 10 minutes out of the hour, you do three sets of 20 bodyweight squats, you will still get the satisfaction. You'll still get a mini dopamine checklist off. You'll get a little rush. And also more than anything, you will not go down the negative feedback loop of I missed my days and I do this. And then people justify, well, I didn't work out, so now yes. I'm going to eat like crap. And then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. So barring a terrible tragedy or something where you can't control it, 10 minutes is better than zero minutes every time. Five minutes is better than zero minutes. So to yeah. me, doing something will always trump nothing. And that's what I teach my clients to show up, even if it's not your best self, show up. 
Yeah, one thing I really teach as well is maybe this kind of sums up your philosophy is the last person in the race beats the person on the couch. And so the concept of doing one thing, whether it's whether it's something small or great, is still something. And so I think that's a wonderful philosophy that each of us should remember as well is if you don't feel like it, um, your body can still do it. So my emotions, if they influence my body, that's all it's doing is influencing. If I can physiologically or physically do something, then I should do something and not allow my emotions yeah. to get in the way of that. So, unfortunately, our time is up. You and I could talk all day. <laughs> if I've used a list, yeah, I want to find that. out more information about you to work with you um, either in Atlanta or do online coaching. Where would they find all this information online? Yeah, so super easy at trained by Phil on all social media. I'm a lot more responsive on Instagram at trained by Phil or trained by Phil.com. Wonderful. My viewers and listeners also know that if you can't find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamiesmillerlifeology.com and I'll link you with Phil Cachadal and all of his information. Thank you so much for your wonderful guest. Thank you, James. I appreciate it so much. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.